0: good morning good evening good afternoon wherever you are in the world i'm sam i am welcome to the lifeboat live stream okay i i want to talk about crypto today uh in context of it's a piece of the puzzle of the bigger picture of what's unfolding that i think most people are maybe cursor have some some awareness of what's happening but i don't think they grasp truly the significance of what's unfolding I think this Evergrande situation, again, it might take another month or two to play out, probably not very long, but I think that is coming to a head. And I think that that could end up being the catalyst that kicks off a housing collapse, that kicks off a crypto collapse, major enforcement action. A lot of things seem to be coming together right now. And so we're going to walk through that. And I want to start with this post to 4chan that's from July, 2021 here. Let me put it up there so you guys can sort of see it here. Um, so this is months old at this point, And it's uh, it's saying the largest issuer of Chinese bonds is about to go bankrupt. Talking about Evergrande uh, insiders dumping bonds have lost 60% of their value. Chinese banks no longer allowed to give mortgages to customers uh, buying these buying Evergrande ghost apartments. So we've seen these ghost cities popping up. Why are they, you know, why are those happening? Why are they building cities that are empty and deserted? And of course the building quality is garbage and they fall apart. Remember those of you that have been longtime listeners, we, we looked at, uh, oh gosh, the two guys in China, I'm not blanking on their names, but they lived there at the time. They would tour around on their motorbikes and they went to one of these, Uh, ghost cities and showed it kind of up close and like the facade was falling off most of them were empty not finished you know just serious issues very few people actually living in these ghost cities but they're great for gdp right and if you're trying to fake some gdp numbers and stand out above the pact you want to be in on this little scam right So that whole thing is falling apart and you're like, well, this is China. What does it have to do with me? How does this affect crypto, Sam? Clearly it doesn't. This is the seventh largest property developer in the world. They lost 80% of its share price recently. And this was back in July. I don't know where it's at now, but you can see right there. It's it was $5 and 27 cents. Um, The entire Chinese junk bond market will collapse if the CCP allows Evergrande to go under. Yeah, this is CCP, you know, tied to CCP, just like Bitcoin mining is. We'll get into that a little more. So this is a sci-fi, a systemically important financial institution. Like they let this fail and the dominoes start falling. Well, they may not have much choice here, uh, but for, for very much longer. Evergrande is no longer allowed to issue bonds. They have flooded the market with short-term CP instead, corporate paper instead, to stay afloat. Of course, here we are months later and what's happening, they're defaulting on bond payments only to have these, the money just appear and they quietly pay it off. And uh, well, you know, that's, that's that. Hold on, I just need to check on, Oh, my spaces is probably, is muted. Sorry, guys, welcome to the show. (laughs) Had too many things going on before the show, trying to get this all ready. Um, Okay, so we're going through, those of you on Twitter that are just joining us, we're just walking through this whole Evergrande situation. I'm gonna lay out kind of how it all ties in with crypto and everything else. And so, you know, from the looks of it, the insiders know that the jig's up. They're trying to run for the exits, right? And this is, a, you know, this was a rumor, conspiracy theory back in July of this year. And of course, now we know. No, nope, that's probably. This is probably a hundred percent true. Okay. Now, uh, Evergrande is no longer allowed to issue bonds. They've been floating uh, short-term corporate paper instead to stay afloat. Uh, Tether have confirmed that they own Chinese commercial paper, that that is one of the backings for their stable coin, right? One of the backings which has lost 80% of its value for the stock price, the bonds, well, mm, those aren't looking too hot either. So how much backing does Tether have right now? Is anyone or any of the Bitcoin maximalists asking that question? Or are they still sitting around like fucking morons telling you people that this is debunked FUD? They are idiots if they're saying anything like that and they don't have your best interests at heart. So Tether has Chinese commercial paper. We know it's junk. We know that it's it's the Lehman Brothers that's going to fail and start the, the real uh, what is it, global financial collapse, not the one that they were able to paper over in 2008. This one, they're not going to be able to stop, okay? They're going to try, but they're going to fail. Tether is 80% of Bitcoin's volume. And let me scroll back here. Even if Tether once had $64 billion, the value of their Chinese commercial paper would be down at least 30%, and at least 50% of it is ever, ever grand Oops, there's no way they can exit their position. holding such a large amount of paper, take a huge loss and then turns out, yeah, we're not backed dollar for dollar. It's more like uh, 30 cents on the dollar. But that's fine because, you know, because we tell you it's fine. Trust, trust Bitcoin, trust, uh, just buy Bitcoin blindly. Keep buying it, people. There's no way they can exit their position holding such a large amount of paper. If Evergrande goes bankrupt, Tether goes to zero. If Tether goes to zero, 80% of crypto volume disappears overnight. Bitfinex would dump their 200,000 Bitcoin holdings as the executives try to flee. Right? Now they're back on social media trying to tell you how Uh, you know, they're so trustworthy after nine years of doing nothing. And some of the other ones deleted their accounts because, well, they're, they're getting criminal questions. Uh, they're getting investigated criminally by the department of justice. (laughs) Tether exchanges would almost definitely do the same. They hold another 600,000 Bitcoin, your Bitcoin. Confidence will be destroyed as institutional idiots realize they have done absolutely no due diligence on crypto and just FOmoed in to green lines. Big bags will have to be liquidated. MSTR would collapse, and liquidations would come for its 110,000 bitcoins, despite to, desperate to sell before the market collapses, uh, try to recoup their 550 million secured bonds. The NASDAQ would would dump. Tesla would dump. Probably market-wide correction of at least 20% as overlead, over-leveraged institutions get margin called. U.S. junk bond market defaults become widespread. Interest rates on junk bonds will skyrocket. Well, we're going to look at that next. Not so much on junk bonds, but on tre- well on treasuries. Are those junk? I would say so. <laughs> Companies are unable to roll over debt because of, Rising interest rates, the cost of borrowing money starts, you know, returning to some semblance of reality because the risk is so great in that environment that they are not going to care what the Fed tells them the rate should be. They're going to charge what they need to survive. Even profitable companies would have to rein in dividends, buybacks, and cut spending uh, to pay down their debt load. PE skyrockets 08 style as earnings collapse. Without buybacks, the no-dividends Ponzi mechanics of the U.S. stock market falters. We're on the verge of a very big happening, and I've never seen uh, slash biz talk about it. It's one of the groups on 4chan. So nobody's talking about this, but this guy was back in July. Well, what's happening now? The Fed's caught between a rock and a hard place. You can see the yield right there on the 30-year treasury is way, way up. And then it retraced a little bit. This is the zero hedge story. Uh, If the ugliest auction so far in 2021 wasn't the disastrous seven-year sale back in February, which sparked a mini market meltdown on both uh, bonds and stocks, then... Sorry, hold on. Let me pause something over here. Okay. Then the just concluded sale of $25 billion in 30-year paper was almost just as terrible. It was, in a word, uh, catastrophic. And since it is at the very end of the curve, one could almost argue it was even worse than the infamous seven-year auction. You can see some of the charts right here. Uh, and then same thing happened to the 30-year note. As curve spiked with the long end surging by 13 and a half basis points. So what the market is saying here, if you don't understand what this means, they're signaling to the Fed that if they want to borrow more money to loan to the government to spend, it's going to cost them a little more, a lot more. And this is probably just the beginning of it. And just in case the Fed is still unclear what is going on, this is the market nearly a year before the Fed has to hike rates, tantruming and making it clear that it will not buy paper anywhere close to the current levels if the Fed indeed abandons its QE commitment and subsequently hikes rates. Brace for far, far uglier auctions in the coming months from a market that is now fully habituated Uh, to getting everything it wants from the Fed. They are like heroin junkies on that free money. And yes, it will get another QE. It just has to wait a bit until the stock drops 10% or so before Powell throws in the towel. Because they've made the stock market, for whatever reason, the premier measure of the economy. Well, if the stock market's doing good, then clearly everybody's doing just fine, right? Right. And it's it's been a shell game for a decade or more at this point. Okay. Meanwhile, the transitory inflation that they told us was coming, uh, it's um, not looking too transitory. Here you can see the red line is 2021 compared with 2020 and 2019. This is the price that Farmers are paying for fertilizer. It started off around $250 back in January, and now it's over $540. What do you think they use fertilizer for? If you said to grow your food, oh, don't hit that one. (laughs) Correct, you are. So that means food prices are going up real, real soon. All right. Yesterday, okay, so this is a thread about the shipping crisis because that's something else that we've been following and talking about as well. And this guy went on a cruise. He says, yesterday I rented a boat and took the leader of one of Flexport's partners in Long Beach on a three-hour tour of the port complex. Here's a thread about what I learned, and I haven't even made it through all this, but I loved the first 10 or so that I read so much I wanted to cover it on the show. First off, the boat captain said we were the first company to ever rent his boat to tour the port to see how everything was working up close. His unusual business is doing memorial services at sea. He said we were a lot more fun than his regular customers (laughs) can imagine. The port of LA Long Beach are at a standstill in a full three-hour loop through the port complex passing every single terminal. We (coughs) We saw less than a dozen containers get unloaded. There are hundreds of cranes. I counted only seven, about seven, that were op- even operating, and those that were seem to be going pretty slow, which is kind of what we've heard. Now I suspected it's sabotage. The these Demo- Democrat-controlled states are uh, putting the word into you know, don't go along with this, and who knows what else. Uh, The terminals are simply, it seems that everyone now agrees that the bottleneck is yard space at the container terminals. The terminals are simply overflowing with containers, which means they no longer have space to take in new containers, either from the ships or the land. It's a true traffic jam. Okay. And this was really eye opening to me to, I, I think this is absolutely part of the problem here. Right now, if you have a chassis with no empty container on it, you can go pick up containers at any port terminal. However, if you have an empty container on that chassis, so what he's talking about, if you've ever seen him lift the body off of a pickup truck or a car or something, and you'll have the wheels, the frame, the engine and drivetrain and all that stuff, that's kind of what he's talking about before a trailer. So... It's kind of like a steel backbone that they, with wheels on the back and a hitch on the front that they can back their 18 wheeler into hook up to it. And then the, the shipping yard can drop a a cargo container on top of it. It locks in and they go and deliver it to, you know, whatever place, uh, wherever its destination is. So if you have a chassis with, without an empty container on it, man, they can get you right in no problem. But if you have a container, Mm, that's where things start to break down. If you can't get the empty off the chassis, you don't have a chassis to go pick up the next container. And if nobody goes to pick up that next container, the port remains jammed so they can't unload the ships. Do you see the ripple on effects here? So um, with the yard so full, carriers and terminals are being highly restrictive Restrictive in where and when they will accept empties. Also, containers are not fungible. And of course, why are there so many empty containers? Because nothing's going out. It's all We're just consumers. We don't make anything here anymore. Not very much. They've outsourced all of our manufacturing to help bring about this collapse. And bring about the rise of China, of the CCP as the global superpower. That's the plan. Also, containers are not fungible between carriers, so the truckers have to drop their empty off at the right terminal. This is causing empty containers to pile up. This one trucking partner alone has 450 containers sitting on chassis right now as of 1021 at the, at his yards. 450. You know, semi-loads of containers. Wow, that's a huge... You think about the yard space it takes to park... 450 18 wheeler 40 foot or 53 foot containers i think most of them are 40 foot though uh the trucks they make trailers that are 53 foot okay this is a a trucking company with six yards that represents 153 owner operator drivers so he has almost three containers sitting on chassis at his yard for every driver on their team He can't take the containers off the chassis because he's not allowed to by the city of Long Beach zoning code to store empty containers more than too high in his truck yard. If he violates this code, they'll shut down his yard altogether. So there's the government coming in to save everyone from unsightly storage of shipping containers in the industrial district of the shipyard, you know, the port there. And they are contributing in a way creating the problem when the and we want to get into all the other policies that led us to this point as well but that's part of it too with the chassis all tied up soaring empties and can't be returned to the port there are no chassis available to pick up containers at the port and with all the containers piling up in the terminal yard the longshoremen can't unload the ships and so the queue grows longer With now over 70 ships containing 500,000 containers are waiting offshore. I think that's uh, TEU 20 or TFUs, 20 foot equivalents. Um, This line is going to get longer, not shorter, because nobody has the solution. What do we do with all these empty containers? It's going to be a really good time. I talk about the wave comes in, drops a bunch of crap on the beach and the tide goes back out. Well, it's leaving us shipping containers right now. They're great for storing things in. You can turn them into housing, whatever. Don't bury them as bunkers. It's a terrible idea <laughs> without a lot of reinforcement. Um, but that's, that's what's happening, and it's going to just keep getting worse and worse until this problem gets fixed. And I think we will see people who start getting hit with storage fees for those containers wanting to fire sale, those things, right? This is a negative feedback loop that is rapidly cycling out of control. that if it continues unabated, will destroy the global economy. Remember what happened with the oil where there was more oil than demand. And so people were having to pay for storage and it's like, whoa, hold on. And then oil plummets temporarily. Although how do we fix this? You ask simple and we can do it fast now. When you're designing an operation, you must choose your bottleneck. If your bottleneck appears somewhere that you didn't choose it, you aren't running an operation. It's running you. You should always choose the most capital intensive part of the line to be your bottleneck. That's a port that there's, that's the ship to shore cranes. The cranes should never be unable to run because they're waiting for another part of the operation to catch up, right? So it's that time in port and getting that ship unloaded and reloaded as fast as possible. If you remember, we did a show talking about what goes into loading a modern cargo ship, that these cranes, it's all done by computer. They're stacking the heaviest containers at the bottom of the ship for stability while the lighter containers go on top. And not only that, they are bringing a container in and setting it down, loading it. And then on the return trip back, they're grabbing a container to pull it off. So they're simultaneously loading and unloading the ship by computer to make this thing run just absolutely like clockwork. And now that's all being held up. That has been optimized. That is the bottleneck, but or it was the bottleneck until now where we have, all of these containers coming in government regulations preventing a solution from being had people i guess not wanting to sell these containers at a loss and they're going to end up paying storage fees and then guess what they'll sell them at a loss um so uh, yeah i think this is just really interesting to see all right let's see what else he's got in operations where a bottleneck appears somewhere that you didn't design it for to appear it, you must overwhelm the bottleneck. Here's a simple plan that POTUS and Gavin Newsom uh, partnered with the private sector, labor truckers, everyone else in the chain must implement today to overwhelm the bottleneck and create yard space at the ports so that we can operate against. Uh, number one, executive order effective immediately overriding the zoning rules in Long Beach and Los Angeles to allow truck yards to store empty containers up to six high instead of the current limit of two. make it temporary for 120 days, like get us get these ships cleared and then let's sort the problem out. Makes sense, right? Uh, This will free up tens of thousands of chassis that right now are just sorting, uh, just storing containers on wheels. These chassis can immediately be taken to the ports to haul away the containers. Bring every container chassis owned by the National Guard to the military uh, and the military anywhere in the U.S. to the ports and loan them to the terminals for 180 days. So create extra excess supply to move containers. Uh, create a new temporary container yard at a large uh, need 500 plus acres piece of government land adjacent to an island uh, or to an inland railhead with 100 miles of within 100 miles of the port complex. They want to be able to stack them on a train, drive the train out, and then offload them from the train. Force the railroads to haul all containers to this new site. Turn around. Oh, well, hold on there. Force them. How about hire them? They get to pay them because it's their problem, right? They could also sell these containers for a dollar and get rid of them that way, but they don't want to do that. And we're 1,500 mile train journeys to Dallas. We're doing the 100 mile shuttles, turning around and doing it again. Truckers will go to this site to get containers instead of the port. So there he's talking about use rails to offload the cargo. Bring in barges and small, and basically have distribution points further away from the ports, from the cities, and having to go through all that traffic with those container ships. Like move it over rail, efficiently in high numbers and then load it onto the trucks and take it away after that Uh, bring in barges. Of course there's a lot of smaller uh, businesses in that area that are wanting delivery of those. So it's more of an inconvenience for them. What's the ultimate solution? Is this it? I, I don't know, but it's, it's a start, right? It's something other that they're not doing today that they should be. This is a comprehensive list. Please add to it. We need to do the best ideas uh, we need to do all the ideas. We must overwhelm the bottleneck and get these ports working again. I can't stress enough how bad it is for the world economy if the ports don't work. Every company selling physical goods bought or sold internationally will fail. The circulatory system of our globalized economy depends on, uh, depends, has collapsed. And thanks to the negative feedback loops involved, it's getting worse, not better, every day that goes by. I'd be happy to lend this effort. Like, what happens, right, when these ships take so long to come in that the company who ordered the goods is bankrupt? And like, what do you do with it then? Fire sale. Ah, yeah. I'd be happy to lead this effort for the federal or state government if asked. Oh yeah, selfless Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I thought some really valuable insights there. I think that's the best explanation that I've heard as to what's going on at the ports. And I wanted to share that with you guys. Okay. One more thing on this, uh, pay it. I'm sitting here telling you, this is a Mr. Whale tweet talking about Bitcoin. There was a wallet with $150 million that was mysteriously activated after eight years of dormancy. Coincidentally, that's the exact amount of interest payments or, you know, ballpark, $150 that Evergrande owes tomorrow. Did they just pay that with Bitcoin? Where did they get the Bitcoin? It's been sitting there for eight years. Whose was it, I wonder? Could it be one of the CCP miners having to sell some of their Bitcoin to keep the whole system from crashing? And how much longer can they do that? How much worse does it get over time? 2,207 Bitcoin has just been activated after 8.1 years. It was worth just under 300,000 in 2013. Today it's worth 150 million. Okay, I want to read this. China Evergrande, the troubled property giant, made interest payments on at least two of its bonds Wednesday, a company bondholder said, a sign that it yet again managed to head off default. Evergrande owed, this is November 10th, so this is yesterday, so it did end up making those payments of $150 million. Evergrande owed investors interest payments totaling nearly $150 million on three bonds. With the grace periods for those payments set to expire on Wednesday, missing them would have triggered a default that could ripple through the Chinese economy with some 300 billion in debt outstanding that they've issued bonds against. That's the tether money, not all of it, but some of it, right? I think it's half of their Chinese paper is in that pool of 300 billion in outstanding debt. The company's inability to pay its debt would potentially hurt banks, property developers, and even home buyers in the country. And I would say it's bigger than that because you've got foreign investors holding some of those bonds as well. Instead, the company has managed to leap from one deadline to the next, meeting its obligations at the last minute, but often without explaining how or even publicly disclosing that it had, to, had done so. The company has tried to sell off parts of its empire to raise enough cash. In October, when Evergrande said it had scrapped its effort to sell a $2.6 billion stake in its property services company to yet another developer, the company warned in a Hong Kong securities filing that there was no guarantee it would be able to meet its financial obligations. Yeah. So I'm telling you, pay attention because it's all connected. Tether, the exchanges, the criminal enterprise the CCP, the election rigging, regulatory capture, Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, proof of work mining, and yes, even Evergrande. This is, I think, the linchpin that's going to cause this global contagion that is going to bring down housing, that will bring down crypto. We'll see just how much uh, Bitcoin plummets when it's uncovered that the billions of dollars that pumped it up to, you know, 60, whatever, thousand dollars may not actually exist, may not be there anymore. So all these people that were potential buyers of Bitcoin, now their their money's gone. What do you do? What do you think is going to happen to the price of Bitcoin? What do you think is going to happen to the price of maybe some other cryptos? that, uh, aren't involved in the fraud might be good for them. Some of them eventually, I think it's going to bring everything down. And that's one more thing along these lines. This is this 14 year old kid, I think, uh, who posted this, uh, let's see, September 21st. And it was, I think posted two days before that of 2021, and he's giving an update, and I just, I want you to hear, I've listened, it's 20 minutes, we're not going to go through all of it, but I want you to hear some of what he's saying
1: here. Today, I will be speaking about the period between December 2021 and April 2022. This particular period is going to be very important in, and influential for the entire world and it's going to influence the next 400 years. In fact, uh, we already had a great conjunction that was supposed to influence the world for the next 400 years. And there are other astronomical events coming up and that have already...
0: Now, I should mention, he's... Um, I'm not sure what all of his sources are, but I know one of them is astrology. He's looking at planetary alignments and so forth. Um, and he's been right previously. That's why he has you know such a big following and so forth. So... Just FYI.
1: It happened over the last few days that are going to be very powerful for the entire world. So in this video, I would like to pack up two things. One thing is about the period between December 2021 and April 2022. And the second topic is about a short-term update for the next two to three months uh, in the view of the Jupiterian impact that we had. An external object just collided onto the surface of Jupiter uh, causing an explosion. Um, possibly very massive uh, and which caused a flash recorded by a couple of astronomers and he's talking
0: about this flash on jupiter and so forth i don't know he's he's picking his words very carefully let me see if i can find the part where he talks about what he thinks is back into
1: the sign of capricorn from aquarius which it just entered on this period that we are experiencing now and i'm going to explain this in more detail in the next few minutes the reason is and it's going to create and uh, we feel that takes more time and periodically we have a particular time frame that resets the entire situation that we are present in so we cannot expect prosperity being immediate in fact
0: now he thinks there's going to be this era of great prosperity and um i don't know that i agree with that i think kind of what's coming is another renaissance right where we have all these new discoveries, we're not uh, chained down by the state and all of its mandates and controls mechanisms and so forth. And the world rediscovers uh, a way to, a new way or discovers a new way to interoperate and work with each other. Um, And at the same time, I think a lot of these secrets that are currently being held by, you know, held out of the public view by bribe payments. Those bribe payments aren't gonna work anymore because the money's dying, the fiat is dying. And so those secrets are gonna start coming out and that is going to really revolutionize life on the planet as we know it. But I think we're heading into this rough patch for the next few years. Uh, he thinks it's, I think, gonna be much, much shorter. So I, want, I think this is a section I want you to listen.
1: It is. Delayed and this delay is scheduled to be only after April 2023 when the world is supposed to enter a semi-golden age uh, and, uh, and
0: April 2023 so two two years from now two years of rough and then we I guess start transitioning into this golden age It's kind of what he thinks
1: And I'm also going to explain a few important technologies and uh, a few important industries that will that will actually um uh, push the entire revolution that will occur after 2023 and there are a few downsides to this which are going to curtail human freedom and human rights and there are a lot of other things that I want to discuss separate of calm so this is how it's 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 poised to be and the recent astronomical events have further amplified what is happening now uh, and we're just going to see many more things in the, in the upcoming slides. So we've seen a lot of things after June 2021 we've seen a replay of several things in fact when it comes to the financial world uh, the cryptocurrencies which were a craze before April and which peaked around the first week of April and then eventually um, saw a big drawback uh, came back after June 2021 quite powerfully and when it comes to the COVID-19 situation it also came back in several countries. We also saw that the big stock market bubble has inflated to a very cancerous situation. And there are several things that have just replayed, including the geopolitical situation in Afghanistan, uh, a comeback of the Taliban um, administration. Uh, so a lot of things have.
0: So what did he just lay out there? Uh, he's first off, he's got a slide up here talking about U.S., U.K., Israel, Singapore and other highly vaccinated countries experiencing powerful waves of COVID-19 and And it's not just that, it's people who are testing negative for COVID-19, but got vaccinated and now they're sick and they're turning up with all these unusual illnesses that are leaving doctors stumped because their cognitive dissonance won't let them consider that it was the vaccine that they pushed on these people that's now killing them. And so I think he's saying, you know, that's coming, that's a dark cloud that's coming. And he's talking about, you know, cancerous, Uh, growth in crypto and so forth, he's talking about Tether, this whole Evergrande situation.
1: I've made a comeback and this is quite synonymous to the Jupiter retrogression. So what next is of course the big question. And uh, to answer this, we will need to look into the recent astronomical event that happened on the surface of Jupiter. Something really powerful happened, it was captured by amateur astronomers. And uh, I believe that something more is supposed to happen on Earth because of this particular situation in Jupiter. So a powerful impact just rocked on the surface of Jupiter causing a massive explosion that was visible in the form of a flash that has been recorded and displayed in front of the screen here. Uh, And this flash is an explosion and it occurred coincidentally. Of course, these explosions are quite common. But the reason why I would like to um, notify you of, uh, of 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 this particular situation and its impact is that uh, this particular explosion is peculiar and 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 it's very particular in certain manners because it happened coincidentally when Jupiter was about to enter Capricorn for several locations across the world on the thirteenth of September. So, if you know what is going to happen is the question. The first thing when we look into the scriptures is that Jupiter and Saturn both have a lot of influence on China and the United States respectively Uh, and in some cases Saturn also has an impact on China and there is also a vice versa case here. Uh, Coming to the present situation, China is to be affected mainly uh, because of this thing that happened September 13th. A lot of shockwaves are supposed to be expected from the country.
0: I think that's Evergrande defaulting but... Still managing to kind of scrape some funds together to keep going. But how long can they do that? How long until it gets so big that they can't can't deal with it anymore?
1: And many more things are supposed to happen in the coming months. And everything that is happening now are just pieces of the puzzle that are going to play out uh, between March and April 2022. So whatever is happening at the present moment are just pieces of the puzzle. And uh, the bigger picture is going to be visible only between March and April 2022, and that is part of the analysis that I would would like to present today. The effects are of course long term.
0: So March and April might be when this stuff finally comes out. Who knows if he's right or not, but an interesting take, this is months old that he's saying this. I think he also, I'm not gonna go through and watch much more of it, but he's also talking about, potentially um a, a crash in the crypto market coming up here pretty soon so i think it's i think it's december that he says in there but anyway for those of you that want to go and find this video there's the title right there update predictions by Abi haigana a-n-a-n-d for the next few months Jupiter hit by celestial object. If you search that, you'll find it on, uh, on YouTube. So there you go. Okay, I want to talk about what's happening with Newsom. And I haven't had time to even look into old Jen Psaki, if she's back in action or not yet. Uh, but they've both been on the kind of out of the public eye for a little while. And Jennifer Newsom, his wife, tweeted out here on the 7th three days ago it's funny how certain folks can't handle the truth when someone cancels something maybe they're just in the office working maybe in their free time they're at home with their family at their kids sports matches or dining out with their wife please stop hating and get a life you losers okay she didn't say that part um so i'm writing her hi jen uh, Newsom. Just a heads up, your husband is engaged in war crimes and genocide. You're starting to look like a mob wife at this point. When does Gavin think the Guillaume barre syndromes will go away? Well, hashtag, where's Gavin? <laughs> and so I point to this um, article right here from The Defender. Uh, this is Robert Kennedy uh, Jr.'s organization. And they had a whistleblower. I'm not going to read any of this story, but they had a whistleblower who's telling them, no, no, he's vaccine injured. We think he's got Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, as it turns out, there's another article right here um, that's uh, by Steve Kursich. It's his, his uh, what is it, Substack? And I want to read a little bit of this. Gavin Newsom was out of sight likely because he has Bell's palsy from his booster shot It's been rumored that Gavin Newsom was out of sight for nearly two weeks since getting his booster on October 27th because he developed Bell's palsy. This can happen within hours of getting his booster, so this makes perfect sense since he disappeared shortly after the shot. This explains why nobody had seen him in public for nearly two weeks since he got the shot. Anyone who saw him would instantly know. On November 9th, almost two weeks later, he appeared on a live stream on the California Economic Summit. That was yesterday. People are pointing me to that saying, oh, Sam, see, nope, he's fine. Everything's fine. And to the untrained eye, he looked normal. If you weren't specifically looking for Bell's palsy and knew exactly what to look for, most people would think nothing had happened. I had a neurologist look at the before and after pictures and video. I showed before and after pictures uh, and video to a neurologist who said 100% He is recovering from Bell's palsy due to lingering telltale signs. She had a dermatologist review as well, who said the same thing. She said, most people wouldn't be able to tell, but this is her bread and butter. So she knows exactly what she's looking for. And I took a couple screenshots. So this is his on the left here, his last public appearance, uh, before he got the booster shot, the third, third jab. And, uh, I'm kind of looking, you can see he's got a little bit of a slant to his right eye there. And in physiognomy, you can divide the this face in half and mirror it. And it, it will look like two completely different people. So we do have faces. One shows more of a personal side. The other shows more of a professional side. That's, you know, some body language and, and more. Um, so there are going to be some subtle differences, but when I watched him in the interview that he did yesterday what i notice is right here on that same right eye it's got more of a slant to it and if you look at his his right cheek it kind of looks like it's just degraded like it's down um and you can see this kind of curve right here on his on his uh this left cheek and of course, if you look at his forehead, one side has less wrinkles than the other. Okay, And, and what I kind of noticed is the corners of his mouth. One side, it's very, very subtle. And again, there's differences between the two halves of the face. But it looks like it's kind of not as active as the other side now. I watched you know, a fair amount of these two interviews that, that these screenshots are from okay so and a neurologist and a dermatologist watched these same videos came to those conclusions and if you're skeptical about this well guess what those videos are publicly on youtube you can find your own dermatologist or neurologist and ask them to give you their opinion okay that's that's how this works that's what he's done if you don't like it you should go do it and prove him wrong The explanation Gavin gave in that video that he had a change of heart and wanted to spend Halloween with his kids, even brought in the cameras to take pictures of him with the kids carving the pumpkin because he's super dad, right? Uh, Seems a bit odd since his press office said that he was working in the Capitol. And there's a New York Times article referencing that. I have a good friend who is politically well-connected who spoke with Newsom's former staffers and they all thought it was a really weird explanation. All the data points I was aware of were consistent with a hypothesis of Bell's palsy. Uh, he's created this list. They've gone in and kind of mined and, and massaged the Vares data to look at how elevated are these uh, various symptoms of which there are over 5,000 uh, compared to baseline in the in the general population. Well, Bell's Palsy is number 11, 1,533 times over the baseline for people getting the shot versus not. It's common after Moderna, which is what he got, because Moderna has a large dose. See Brady Smith antidote below. It resolves relatively quickly, especially if helped along with special techniques, so it would enable him to fully recover in two weeks and do the event today. I know someone who who would absolutely know for sure, and my probe elicited a response consistent with Bell's palsy, so it wasn't confirmed, but it's like hinted at that, yeah, that's what's going on, I think is what he's saying there. Uh, A good friend knows people who are very close to the governor who confirmed he was vaccine injured. As long as none of his doctors talk, nobody will know he was vaccine injured. All he has to do now is come up with a lame excuse for why he dropped out of sight for nearly two weeks with no explanation. It's simple. Sorry, I had to get some water here. Here's a discussion with a neurologist. So he's asking, you know, suppose Newsom got Bells right after the vax. It's now been two weeks. Could he could he be back to normal so it's undetectable? And the guy's saying yes. If it's Guillain-Barre syndrome, is that the same thing? And he says, well, recovery starts two to three weeks after, but can take a year before all the signs go away. And I think the difference between these two, Bell's palsy, just is like a part of the face, whereas Guillain-Barre can be like your hands go numb, uh half of your body goes it's more severe and extensive um so and he's saying it's not as likely with GBS Guillain-Barre syndrome that uh he would be back bounce he would be able to bounce back after two weeks say and and there but there are a couple treatments IVIG or plasma fairy uh, say he did both. Could he now be undetectable to the public eyes as possibly, but typically takes longer. I mean, strength sensory can return within a few days on IVIG or plasma parasis, uh, but not full recovery. No, if bells and just bells can take over a year for full recovery. Do we think he was by, bi- he has bilaterally meaning one side of the face uh, on IVIG or uh but not full recovery. No, if bells or just bells can take over a year for this recovery. I'm oh, sorry. We read that suppose uh, he's supposed to make an appearance today. So I'm guessing bells that resolves without treatment or faster with treatment. And he says, yes, uh, you get some steroids and antivirals slightly faster. They may Botox part of his face, even to even it out. Meaning this side is going to be droopy and down. So what do they do? They inject, on this side of his face to paralyze the muscles so that it matches up. And that that's what, what we're gonna show you looks like they've done, in the opinion of these two doctors. So uh, There's tricks, he says, cool, thanks. Let's see what he looks like today. <clears throat> so he's saying, am I 100% certain? No. This is just my personal educated guess as to the most likely explanation, piecing together the information, same kind of thing I do both from public and private sources that I've gathered. It is the hypothesis that best aligns with all the clues out there. In this Fox News article, Newsom Press Secretary Daniel Lopez said the governor worked at the state Capitol last week and would be making uh, normal appearances again sometime this week. And it's like, wait a minute, sometime this week. That means they are on a wait and see schedule again, consistent with bells that is not fully resolved. Like, They don't have a timeline because it's going to be whenever he gets better and we can hide this from the people we're telling you must get vaccinated or lose your job. The vaccines are safe and effective, so safe and effective that the governor got Bell's palsy and covered it up because he is complicit in genocide and war crimes. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to understand that we are at war with the CCP It's all part of this. It ties in with what we just talked about as well. And it's all about to come down in some big ways in the coming months, I would say. Uh, Let's see. And Lopez has no explanation for why Newsom dropped out, out of sight for nearly two weeks and canceled his appearance at the UN Climate Summit on November 1st through the 3rd. So he got the shot. Was planning to go out there for the COP 2021 and canceled last minute and said he was going to participate on video and then didn't. Was a no show completely. He was a complete no show. Uh, Why would he just not just appear for 30 minutes on Zoom? Again, if his face didn't work, it would explain it. We have no other explanation. Lastly, critical thinkers would wonder with all these concerns, why not do a A quick video on Twitter saying that he's fine and dispel the rumors. We've got the same request out there for Tiffany Dover, the nurse who has died from after getting the vaccine. I think a couple months later on February 17th or right around there. Why aren't they doing videos? Because the rumors are true, people. He was completely off the grid, except for a brief appearance at a Getty wedding where his face was covered by a mask, perfect cover to conceal Bell's palsy, and there are no close-up shots of him. Alex Jones did some digging. Newsom is isolated, was isolated in his home with doctors going in and out, is what Alex Jones is saying. Okay, the screenshot is the tip of the iceberg. It's talking about this chart where they've laid out how many times over the base threshold the vaccinated are to have heavy menstrual bleeding. That's 8,800 X heart rate problems. That's almost 8,000 MRI imaging head is 30, 3,800 uh, pulmonary abdominal and angiogram pulmonary abdominal 3,000 times above the base threshold. Weight, I guess that's weight gain. Twenty-eight hundred times above the threshold. Menstrual cycles shortened. Twenty-eight hundred times above the threshold. And and again, this is just the first seventeen. There's five thousand. This screenshot is the tip of the iceberg as far as serious adverse events caused by covid vaccines the full list is over 5000 elevated adverse events why doesn't he just admit the truth that he got bell's palsy from the vaccine perhaps along with i think it was the australian health minister same kind of thing happened to her and we've had a canadian one same thing happened to him remember the guy that his eye was closing weird Remember the U.S. attorney General? Same thing. And now, that might have been a stress response because he was getting attacked by the congressman telling him he should resign and so forth. But he had one eye closed. Well, the other one just didn't even move. It was like, what's going on there? And, and I had the same kind of like uneasy feeling watching that footage, watching the corners of his mouth. It's kind of what I am looking at that I think the same kind of thing has happened to him. So we have all these vaccine injured people in the government. Are they coming out and saying, we've got to stop this thing, it's, these things are not rare, it's not safe and effective, and we need to do something? No, no, they're all, they're all going along to get along. So why does he come out and tell the truth? Perhaps because it would create vaccine hesitancy because it would be an admission that the vaccines aren't safe like he claims. It would make him look silly for mandating very dangerous vaccines in California. He doesn't want to look bad in front of all these people. He doesn't want to make the CDC look incompetent for never spotting the safety signal. Oh, they know all about the safety signals. They're watching them week by week, getting updates in real time from the CMS data. Newsom is still mandating that your kids get the vaccine. He's even tweeting about it after being injured while recovering on November 5th. Great news from Gavin Newsom. Great news with boosters, vaccines for children 5 to 11, and now a potential antiviral this effective. We have real tools to treat this pandemic. And he's talking about Pfizer. He's, he's retweeting a, something from Pfizer said today that their, its oral antiviral drug was found to reduce the risk of hospitalizations or death from COVID-19 by 89%. What is it? Pfizer-Mectin, of course. They just changed one little molecule so that they could patent it because the clocks run out for ivermectin. It's cheap and readily available everywhere. That's why it's being attacked and people are being smeared and the public is being misled so that these guys can make billions off of your health that they have degraded. The risk-benefit analysis I've seen projects that hundreds of kids will die from the vaccines. and, And so far, what he's seen shows that we will kill 117 kids to maybe save one kid from COVID. So 117X is the risk. I wonder how many of these liberal moms, you know, there was a couple tweets about that. I just want to go find them real quick that I saw today from uh, right here. Oh, yep. I knew that was coming. That's why I screenshotted all three of you bitches. (laughs) Let's see. It's this one of these ladies that blocked me. Let me see. Oh, yep. There's Sarah. Let's see about Kate. Nope, not yet. These women are all bragging about how they've, injected their kids so the one that blocked me is sarah i think that's her right there simon age 11 joining his vaxxed older brother and sister here's elliot saying while i appreciate the pictures of smiling proud kids getting the vax let me normalize that mine screamed out loud and i'm pretty sure the entire target thought an animal was being dismembered she gave the experience one thumbs down (laughs) haha isn't that so cute you guys are soft killing your kid's immune system. Let's post about it on Twitter. Thank you. Hashtag science. Hashtag team Molly. Let's see your vaccination picks in the comments. Makes me so happy to see the kids and everyone else getting those jabs. Eli did great. Nothing a lollipop couldn't handle. Yeah, that'll make it okay. When the side effects start for him, I'm letting them know. If only you had any idea what you've done to your children, and I tagged the three of them, my heart breaks for them. The science has been captured by the CCP, or were you unaware that we're currently at war? You've just soft-killed your children's immune systems. What do you think happens next when they start to get sick? Assuming they survive long enough, because the parents are probably vaxxed too, Right? What's gonna happen to these kids? It's sad, very, very sad. Okay. Uh, So here's here's one, a few more data points from this article that I wanna make sure we hit. Over 120,000 Americans have suffered from Bell's palsy after vaccination. You take the incidence rate from the table and multiply by the minimum VARES under reporting factor, URF, of 41, which is calculated here. So he's done, you know, kind of some homework. We know that some studies show it's 1%. Some studies show it's 10% that gets reported into VARES. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle there. Um, So he's come up with this Multiplier factor and applied it to his data to account for the underreporting that we know is there, and he's picked a minimum underreporting factor, a conservative number, so it's probably still yet higher. Okay. So, a neuro neurologist I know uh, has over two thousand clients with vaccine injuries out of about twenty thousand client base. So one in 10 of his patients are coming in vaccine injured, assuming they were all vaccinated. They may not be. So it could be even higher than that. The neurologist had never had any events before or now in his or her practice caused by the vaccine. So like went from not having all these conditions to now 2000 patients, all vaccinated, all having these various weird conditions. This shows you it is not the vaccine causing the events, nor overreporting, as claimed by the FDA. Because that's the debunkers; they like to come out and say, "Well, it's just getting more." That was David Schwartz's argument: it's just getting more attention, so more people are reporting. There's nothing wrong; these vaccines are perfectly safe and effective. Sam, yeah, let's ask uh, Joel Kalman. He's the creator creator of the V Safe app. It's going to, you know, track you and all that. He died shortly after his second shot. I guess he'll never get a chance to tell people what he thought of the safety of the vaccine. They buried the story, of course, so nobody would know, but bye-bye, Joel. Okay, now here's a couple pictures of Gavin from this story. These are the same two interviews that I went and looked at and watched footage from and kind of compared and took some screenshots that I showed you earlier. What they're pointing to this is the before picture on the talk show, and you can see on his cheek right here, he's got you know that laugh, line, the cheek kind of indention, but he has a second almost like a dimple in his cheek behind that here in this interview, and now it's gone. And this laugh line, this cheek line right here, it has changed, right? And if you look at this side of his face it just, it looks droopy is how I would describe it. You can kind of see the highlight. It's kind of lower than it is in the picture above. Up here, he's got, you know, real high puffy cheek, uh, cheeks right there. And now it's kind of like, uh, and they're also pointing to uh, the fact that he's lost some of his wrinkles over here on this side of his face where he probably got the Botox to kind of balance out the paralysis, the appearance of the paralysis, right? So, there you go. I think that's what happened. And one of the things I'm gonna be watching for, because a lot of people talk about who are experiencing this, it goes away, but then it comes back. It's less severe, but it comes back. If that happens, he may not be aware of it and might be out in the middle of a public appearance, it comes back, and it makes it pretty obvious to everyone, all of a sudden, that nope, he's been lying to us. Or he disappears again, and something happens to him. I mean, this is a house of cards getting ready to come down, folks. So, anyway. All right. So, there's a brothel, Someone suggested they're trying to get me to get, to get the jab. So Brothel in Austria provides COVID-19 vaccinations for customers and offers free entry to the sauna club for anyone who gets jabbed. And the Fun, fun Palace has offered those who get jabbed on site 30 minutes in the sauna club with the girl of your choice. And here's, I think it's Mona was her name. Mona, of course. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Anyway, so here she is with the shot. Oh, those are very nice, though. I do like motorboating. Maybe take an oar and just slap it in the water and go to the other side. It's It's a boat show, people. No, I can't do it. It's not enough. Maybe if she had a friend and it was two for Tuesday and you get two hours, then everybody has their price. Okay.
2: And that's all I had to say about that. (laughs)
0: All right, folks. And that's what I got. We're going to wrap it up there. If you guys have questions you want to jump on, uh, do that now in spaces. If you want to voice chat or use a comment with asterisks on either side and throw it up in chat, we'll read a few of those and then get out of here. And I'll be back, we'll cover the full, what's going on with, um, with the injuries and so forth uh, in another show. I just wanted to talk mainly about Bitcoin and Tether because th- these things are inextricably uh, intertwined. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it's all intertwined and how it's all gonna play out, I really don't know. But I've talked about significant risks Facing Bitcoin, facing Ethereum, facing Tether, what that could do, as well as XRP, and you know the crypto market in general, what could happen? Uh, you know, at the same time that this is all going down, we've got you know the dollar inflation, hyperinflation, really. I mean, look at that's why I showed you guys this right here. The yields are going up, which means the government's not going to be able to afford the minimum monthly payment on the credit card. If you've ever seen the U S government's household budget uh, dropping zeros off and applying it to a household income, they're paying the minimum interest, monthly interest payment on the credit card. And pretty soon they're not even going to be able to uh, to do that. So, okay. Um, And of course, another thing not to forget look at what's happening to fertilizer. It's through the roof. Australia, they the government shut down their fertilizer plants, you know, regulated those out of existence, just like they're trying to regulate the freight shipping out of business. And they're going to see massive food spikes. Don't forget about all the crops that were destroyed. And we're going to go into the winter, probably not having enough food in all the places around the world. So, as not only that, but as all of these vaccinated people are dying off in the process. So I think we're in for some, some rough times. So, okay. Kova, you want to jump on and uh, speak what's on your mind, sir. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, what's going on, man? I, this is my second time. I'm from New York. I I don't know if you remember me. I'm from New York. And, um, okay, cool. So, I have an an update as far as, like, um, manufacturing products and food products
4: goes.
0: Okay, yeah. Last time you called in and you told us about uh, the trash, that it's getting picked up, but it's getting picked up slow, and, you know, they're short-handed, obviously, and kind of things are breaking down there. What else have you noticed?
3: Okay, yeah. So, the trash pickup is still slow. However, um, I do have an update in regards to, like, some shortages. So, I work with a, a food manufacturer, so... I have access to a lot of vendors and delivery guys and things like that. And this week and the week before that, we're we're noticing now shortages in certain food products. Um, now, these are not like main important food items, but it's part of the supply chain. So, like corn products, potato products, things like that. So, if you're noticing a shortage in potato and corn products. That's probably coming from the farms at the very top of the uh, supply line. So now we're noticing um, uh, shortages in potato and corn products. Okay. And what the what the grocery stores are doing is, like, for one instance, I had a store place an order for like six thousand dollars worth of merchandise. So they place an order for six thousand dollars worth of merchandise because they're only expecting to get maybe a half or a quarter of that actually in.
0: Okay. I want to stop you right there. So when I was in um, McKinney, we went to this little independent grocery store, convenience store thing that's kind of in this weird area downtown where my brother's uh, office was. And I started talking, you know, I'm, I'm pointing to my brother see all these bare shelves here in this store. And we started talking to the shop owner and he told us that exactly that, that he would order Uh, 80 cases and he would be lucky if uh, he's talking of soft drinks because his soft drink coolers barely had merchandise in them. He said if he ordered 80, he would be lucky to get 20. So you're saying that's happening in your experience as well.
3: Yes, uh, 100% correct. Same thing. Uh, Someone orders uh, like maybe 180 cases, they get 79. If someone orders 200 cases, they'll probably get like Maybe a hundred or a hundred and ten, but or, but they're not getting any more a hundred percent of what they or what they order. And this actually started happening within the last two weeks. It wasn't like this the months prior.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah. What. It, <laughs> I mean, what do you think they're going to do? Can they just absorb this? Do you know what kind of well, impact it's having on their bottom line when they don't have enough merchandise to sell or product well, to sell? They just Yeah, they just um
3: well, t- to my knowledge, it eventually they'll eventually get the order, but like so now like when I go to the stores, the shelves are more visibly empty now, right? Mm-hmm. So before you could like before you could, you had stuff to put on the shelf. Now uh, you just simply don't have stuff to put on shelf.
0: You're talking like when they would fill the, the aisles with empty chairs or, you know, some crap just to fill the shelf space. Mm-hmm. But now you're saying yeah. they don't even have that. They're having to put, uh, just leave the shelf, the shelves bare.
3: Yeah. I'm only talking mm-hmm. about food items. So yeah, that's yeah. like, okay. so when you, so what you see with the chairs, that's like in the garden home improvement type right, stuff. Right. I'm only talking about food items. So like the food items, you can't put a chair in the food aisle. So yeah, it, right. just less, it just has to be left. It just has to be left empty. So now um for the past week and a half, I'm noticing empty spaces where I can't simply like, oh, just move the product over here because I just simply don't have the product and then the product doesn't come in anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, and this is happening now. I remember I told you before that you wouldn't really expect that to happen at the big box stores. Like i here in right. the East Coast, we got Costco's and BJ's. Now I'm actually noticing that at the Costco's and BJ's as well as the other grocery stores, like Target, um, supermarkets like that. So okay. I don't know how worse it's going to get. This just started. I just started noticing it happening now. So it could get worse going down into December, January, but I just thought I should let you know that I am noticing, um, corn and potato products having
0: shortages. Which means all the fast food prices are going to go up because that's what a lot of that stuff is made with as well. Yeah.
3: Corn, oil, potato, all of that.
0: And then, I mean, we just showed you what fertilizer is doing, which means producer prices are, have, have fertilizers. One of their main inputs, they've got seed, they've got diesel and they've got fertilizer that they're putting on the fields to grow those crops. And one of those, has just doubled. Of course, diesel is up, and who knows how high that's going to climb. I, I, I almost feel like these stores, uh, ordering, you know, way more, hoping that they get something closer to what they need, is almost like a uh, a rush to commodities that were one of the signposts to hyperinflation. What, what do you think about that?
3: Well, the stores are eventually going to up the price because now the stores are changing their prices for certain deals. And so, you know, like, like in Costco, they have something where you get two for the price for a certain price. Now the stores are removing certain items from those sales mm-hmm. and raising the prices of separate items. So like my delivery guys have to make two separate orders based on what's part of the sale package. And then what's, what's actually being sold at a higher price. So again, this happened, this started happening last week. This is like an immediate change in things. So okay. now certain stores are raising the prices of certain products based on their availability, based on their availability to, to get the product in. So they're raising prices right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, are they trying, I guess where what I was asking, are they trying to like stockpile, you know, like I talked about, tesla it makes sense for him to buy up a bunch of physical silver he ended up uh you know buying an industry a miner i think or something like that for lithium so that he has the supply that he needs are are you seeing any kind of indications along those lines that that's happening
3: these stores they don't keep back stock doesn't last any stores for no more than maybe three four days tops because it's perishable. three days because Yeah, because it's, well, this, I mean, we're talking about food products that last, um, what is it, 2020, that'll last like a whole year. So we're not talking about like natural food that goes bad in a certain time frame. But the thing is like this, this stuff isn't held in the back warehouse. Like it goes to the floor. It goes to the floor because it has to move because they need room for other products. And it goes to the floor because the floor is empty and they need product on the floor.
0: Okay, so they can't even get enough to stockpile. Is kind of what you're saying.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's no like because you because most products don't get the products don't stay in the store for no more tops than a week. So yeah. there's no ordering the whole thing for two, three, four, five weeks.
0: Okay, they're just in a position where they can't do that.
3: Yeah, they can't. Okay. They can't do that. They don't operate like that. But one yeah. more thing. Those also what? don't forget that the FDA is also paying farmers to destroy Mm -hmm. the exact the exact crops that we're having shortages in like potatoes and corn, especially.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's part of this whole regulatory capture and CCP sticking their nose in our business, trying to undermine things so that they can come in and take over. So COVID man, I appreciate you dropping in and giving us the update and, um, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll reach out to you maybe this week and we'll set up that podcast to cover you know, do like a studio tour behind the scenes or something. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it might, it, it might be a break for you from this, man. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> all right, my man. We'll catch you next okay, time. Thanks for coming on.
0: Okay. And we've got, hold on. Let me see. Roy Frumple. Welcome to the show, Roy. Are you there?
5: Hello.
0: Hey, Sam. what's on your mind?
5: Hey, uh, first off, uh, I really want to thank you for everything you're doing for us out here. You know, there's a lot of people stuck in the dark, and it's good to have a light mm-hmm. like you, my friend. Thank you. So a couple of things here. From uh, I'm from Canada, and right now we're showing diesel at par with gasoline, which is absolutely unheard of.
0: Yeah. It, and diesel's higher here, here, which is just the same thing. It's always been lower for years, but not in the last few years.
5: Yeah, it's 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 just getting ridiculous. Um, as compared to what you guys are paying, I know in uh, in Victoria they're paying up to a dollar sixty seven per liter. Right. And I know it's three point liters for you guys. So, um, and the other thing I want to say is, I'm an industrial worker and I have been for twenty years. And uh, what I'm seeing is, um, by Bill S. 231 or two hundred one, which is a federal bill, um, they cannot ask for uh, any. Any health information. They can't demand any health information. That's why I just got off a job, which is uh, at a federally run mining operation. Okay. And there was no mention, zero mention about uh, what your status was, or if you wanted to get the shot, or if there was, you know, mandating, uh, uh-huh. whereas it's only provincial. So what, what uh, True Dominant has done is he's taken the onus off of the federal government and giving it all to provincial governments to take all the blame for all of this. And now 1,400 nurses just got booted off the job in Victoria because of a a provincial mandate. When federally, it's against the law to even do this. So I just hope people understand in Canada that it's all provincial and it's got nothing to do with federal.
0: And, so then, you know, we,
5: that
0: we on. we've seen the same thing here with this executive order that was really just a, a memo. This this vaccine mandate for federal workers is really just a memo and they are not putting things into the federal register so that it, it can't be challenged. And they're going through, you know, OSHA and their requirements. Now, Texas and a bunch of other states have have sued the federal government and gotten a preliminary injunction until the judge can sort it out. So it looks good. And I, and I've started, it's a little bit encouraging because I've started seeing more and more of these challenges that, you know, individuals, parents, um, companies and so forth are making are starting to make headway and they're starting to get these things stricken down. Uh, I hope that continues. We we've got to be a huge thorn in their side and challenge them at every step of the way uh yeah i just there's there's no easy answer here uh they're they're coming after our kids this doesn't make sense it's not supported by the science and um yeah it's, it's going to be rough is, is all i can really say
5: the most challenging part of it all is is the fact that, uh, you know, you, you try to approach people, like I've lost uh, a lot of family members, and a lot of, you know, good friends to this narrative that yeah. they just don't want to see the light. It's by their own choice. And uh, even trying to treat it with baby hands, you know, to uh, to approach them, it's it's tough for them to, to actually see what's going on and the truth that's directly in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that's... I think uh, what we all need to do is, is just have patience and, and just keep trying. You know, we can't, uh, we, we can't let the dark get over us, you know? Right. right. Um, I, I, I cool
0: agree. I agree completely. I'm actually scrolling while you're talking here. I've been going back and forth with uh, Emily Joe, who's one of the vaccine injured moms out there. And she's been dealing with side effects for months and months and still kind of supports the vaccines. And she's like, Look, if it's not confirmed that it was from the vaccine, we shouldn't talk about it because that does more of a disservice to someone like me who supports the vaccine. I'm like, look, people's kids are dying from this thing, and uh, you know, I, I get that it may not have that it might have turned you away and not stopped you, but it is working to show people these things, even if I don't get it 100% right. But when you have 75 athletes in five months dropping dead just in europe and we know that these sports teams are all forcing them to get vaccinated well that's a huge red flag right so to i like i get her point but at the same time we've got to sound the alarm and wake people up to what's happening you know in this last tweet know, oh, sorry go ahead go ahead
5: it's the uh you know, I'm sure you're aware of what happened at Travis Scott's concert, and how much of it was uh, yeah. completely subdued by the media.
0: We're going to talk um, about that in the next show. There's some weird right, stuff because, like, please, please. we've got the we've got the story about that where somebody was running around, supposedly injecting people with fentanyl. That makes no sense. We've got the official no. narrative yeah. that the crowd rushed the stage and nobody could breathe man crowds have been rushing the stage at concerts for years and years um this was a vaccinated event that's where the whole stampede at the entrance happened that's probably why it happened they were turning away the unvaccinated that didn't have their proof of negative test
5: I From every every uh, I'm, I'm on uh, telegram as well you mm-hmm. know and i saw a lot of it before they were taken down and The only thing I saw of people rushing was exactly that coming through the gate, just like any other concert where it's rush seating. Yeah. And and it was daylight.
0: Well, there's a. Someone sent me a post saying that my son was there. He said what happened is people started passing out from the music and like something weird was going on with them. And her son started feeling sick and he's like, I got to get away from this but as people started passing out the rush came after that as people were running down to see what's happening to these people which sounds like a logical response and they're spinning that so I, yeah like i i don't know what happened there but there's something very weird going on uh with that and i, I definitely want to explore that in a future show anything else you want to yeah, mention really- Roy
5: um no, man. I just want to thank you again for the great job you're doing, Sam. And uh, without you, a lot of people would be stuck in the dark. And so thanks for keeping the light, brother.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Okay. Uh, we've got one more here. The gentleman, welcome to the show. Go ahead and unmute and tell us what's on your mind. If you're there. All right. We'll come back to you. Uh, no, hello. I'm, I'm oh, good. I'm good. Oh, Go ahead.
4: Thank you. Uh, so, you know, I uh, I've been listening to you guys a couple times. I drop in and out, and uh, I appreciate you giving me the the microphone. Um. So, just a quick, uh, quick, a quick take here. You know, I'm uh in Wisconsin. That's where I'm from.
0: Uh,
4: I just moved away from Seattle. I was out there for three years, and then before that, I was about twenty some years in New York City. Okay. Uh, so a lot of thoughts in my head, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a drummer, uh, in, I've been, I've been around the music scene and the stuff going on with the, with the, with the event that, that with the, with what's his name? Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Sounds yep. like a country band. <laughs> Sounds like a country band. <laughs> anyway, uh, that te- that's terrible music, uh, that, that aside, uh, it's not, I don't know if you can call that press play music, but anyway, uh, you know, Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, the thing that I keep thinking about when I look at this stuff is like, it looks to me, uh, I don't know if you guys share this opinion. You sound pretty, pretty aware of things. The thing that I keep coming across when I look at all this stuff going on is, you know, it's so heavy and it's so like heavy stuff to deal with all this stuff. But it looks like, you know, it, you know, they're very mediocre, the whole thing is kind of mediocre and we're just going to have to tolerate it or something. But you know, where I am in Wisconsin is very rural, very, very Amish country here, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I came here to kind of, I came here to set up my business and, and, and calm down and, and relax. And, and I like to work and I I like the people here and, you know, I'm ordering a lot of uh, bulk. I eat meat. So I, I ordered a half a cow and, uh, you know, wherever you fall in yep. these belief systems. And I'm, I'm just kind of stockpiling things and hanging out with, uh, with, with family and, and friends. And my opinion is that, you know, what we're, what we're about to see, it seems like they're trying to do this deal where they're going to cut off the, what is that? The five line pipeline?
0: Yeah. I know that? there's a pipeline they're trying to, that Biden is trying to halt. <clears throat> which makes the U S kind of more subservient to some of these foreign interests.
4: Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, I don't think the people here are going to put up with that um, where I am. And I, 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 think basically the Midwest, you know, they, most of the time here, you know, you can, you know, my, I, I work with people that farm here. I, I have a design build company and uh, you know, we, we are, are raising, organic materials and and animals and dealing with the Amish and bulk food. And Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of food and, and there's a lot of opportunity here and a lot of off grid sort of solutions already baked into the pie. And I'm coming back to this and I'm really excited about it because I, I, I was in Seattle and I was in New York, you know, and I was, I was doing the things and I wonder, you know, people that are really in like these sort of red state kind of enclaves and they're very loud and they're like, Oh, we're going to stand up against this and we're going to stand up against that. And I just kind of have a caution for people, you know, if you're scared about that stuff and you really don't want to get, you don't want to end up really in trouble. Well, there's a lot of space in America for people like us. And it just, it's, it's an intellectual pursuit, right? Isn't it? I mean, yeah. to sit there and, and watch the show and, and kind of talk about it. And you, you guys are great and I really enjoy your, your, your talk, but I wanted to say that, you know, I, I'm really interested in, in the off grid and, and I, I like the food and I, I just want to be able to survive that. So I just wanted to get on here and, and, and ask, ask you guys, you know, how do people feel about, this kind of crunch, you know, if doesn't it seem like they're gonna they're gonna sequester all this CO two, you know, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. gonna, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do with it? I mean, pump it uh, into the ground. I think that. is the plan. Well, aren't they gonna contain it into some sort of packaging? Aren't they gonna? Aren't they gonna? They're not gonna just dump it. They're gonna keep it, and they're gonna. What are they gonna really do with it? Right? They're gonna take it to Mars, maybe. I, I'm... <laughs> Is
0: that too? Is that too crazy? Well, what they want to do, I think, and I appreciate the call. Um, I think what they want to do is find this new, get their beachhead for global governance. And what better way to do that than the climate? Well, I mean, the climate affects the whole world. We can't let China, you know, get away with this, and we can't. Everybody has to play their part, and we're all in this together. That's their chosen narrative to push this global governance at the same time that they're there um, like pushing the whole vaccine passport, which is really social credit score, the ability to you know bring in attached CBDCs to that. So now you can only spend your money when we say you can spend your money on the things we say you can spend your money on. And don't you dare try and buy crypto uh, with our CBDCs cause that's not allowed. Uh, so like that's the society I think that we're, um, that we're heading into. And I think climate change, the idea that you can give the, you can pay the government billions of dollars and they'll be able to change the earth's temperature by two or three degrees is so beyond ridiculous. Like how do people not see through it? And the answer to that is pretty simple. They indoctrinate the kids at a young age to believe it with their narrative in the government schools. That's why they took them over because it's such a powerful indoctrination tool. So, okay, Bob Moneybags, my man, come on the show, unmute and tell us what's on your mind. Oh, I got you muted. Bob going once we'll come back. All uh, right, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. What's happening?
2: Uh, not much, man. Nice to speak to you. Um I'm sorry if you touched these points uh, before I joined, but I wanted to ask you a pretty basic question about the report that came out recently about the annual inflation rate in October reaching 6.2%. Okay. Um it, what do you think the outlook is for for us as the United States with this inflation rate in the next 5, 10 years? Is this something that's going to be catastrophic? Is this something like the 80s where it reaches double digits? And, you know, we hit the Paul Volcker era of trying to contain inflation before mm-hmm. it gets out of hand. Yeah. Well, what's your opinion on this? Because I thought it was something very interesting where it's like, when I see 6.2%, You know, wages aren't really correlating with with that at all in the United States.
0: They're going down. And
2: it's getting at a point where it's getting pretty catastrophic. Mm -hmm. It can be. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted your input on that. What do you think our outlook is in the short term or maybe next five, ten years? Is it something we should be fearing? I
0: I think it's something you should uh, have a healthy respect for what's coming. I think we're in the early stages of hyperinflation. I think we're seeing that in the price inflation, and, and it's not just hyperinflation, but stagflation, where you have rising prices and, and uh, unemployment, and unemployment or declining wages, which is exactly what we're seeing now. Um, when you talk about six percent, that's the government number. Go back and look at ShadowStats.org and how they calculated it years ago. And I, you know, I haven't done this. I'm guessing it's already double-digit inflation right now. It's just they've been able to sweep this under the rug and hide it here and hide it there. And, Oh, we're not going to include gas or food or shelter in your cost of living uh, calculation. Americans, we're just going to use this cheap crap from China. Well, even that's going up. And you know, what I kind of see happening here is just this, I've described it as this slow grind down, Bob, where, you know, the, the tide comes in, leaves a bunch of crap on the beach the tide goes out and then you go and pick it clean and one time that was hertz rental cars because of the whole lockdown thing they had all these cars they didn't need and you could buy them super cheap Uh, now it's shipping containers a few months back it was oil if you could go buy oil super cheap somewhere uh, while it collapsed because they had this surplus of it I think that's the kind of thing that we're heading into, and I also talked about my trip down to Louisiana during Hurricane Ida, and being in that environment. uh, I think that's the kind of environment that you can expect. One gas station, there's a line of 20 cars to get gas. I had 10 gallons uh, extra in gas tanks in the back of the the truck, Uh, so I could drive right past those and pull over on the side of the road and fill up if I had to, and then when I would find a gas station, there were others that you know maybe had the awning tore off, but the pump still worked. I could pull right up there and get gas. Everything worked fine, and I didn't have to wait in those lines. Uh, but there's we're going to see times where there's abundance of certain things and scarcity of others. And that environment is incredibly, incredibly difficult for companies to operate in because as a producer, you know, if I make... Um, Camera parts. I I talked about the whole thing from the letter from the Adorama CEO saying next year is going to be very challenging because these cameras have so many little tiny parts in them. Uh, Just one of those parts not being available because of a delay in shipping or a delay here or this company went out of business, it means the camera can't be produced. And how long can these companies? afford to sit there and pay wages to employees that aren't producing anything and making them any money because the supply chain is broken. And so that creates a further um, grind down. And that's kind of how I, th- I think we should vi- visualize it. I think that's an effective way to visualize it. We're going to see this continual grind down until it bottoms out. Then you add into that what's happening with the vaccinated and people getting sick and dropping dead, and dropping out of the workforce. Uh, now you've got the situation where we've got everything we need in the factory, but Joe got vaccinated last month and he he passed away. He was the only one that knew how to run this piece of equipment, so now we don't know. We gotta find somebody that knows how to use this thing or can learn it, and you know, it, it's more disruption. And it just, I, I think it's rippling and reverberating out uh, into the real economy and causing massive, massive problems as a business owner. You don't want to lose your employees, but the reality is you can't pay them forever to sit there and not make you money. Um, how, how do you like that answer? Do you have any thoughts that you want to add? Uh,
2: yeah, I wanted to say, uh, uh, to add on to your point of having this kind of, um, Staggered issue in the supply chain where you might run out of one part here, or one part there. Um, I, that's one thing that I, I just like in the long term, I, would have trouble looking into. Like, do you think that's something that will ever get really resolved, or are we like in this stage of trying to play catch up? and the supply chain forever Uh, that's something that i think it like because this situation this pandemic this whole uh lockdowns and everything was such a unique situation that i i don't know if it will ever catch up to where we're normal again do you ever think we're ever gonna hit quote unquote a normal um sustainability i guess in the supply chain again or do you think we're always going to be just playing catch up in one regard or another. Do you get what I'm asking?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. So I I would say a third option is kind of what I see happening. One, the old, old life that we had pre COVID that's gone. I don't think it's coming back. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I also think that like, um, uh, let me see. I think as I, I don't know how bad, the die off of the vaccinated is going to get how many people are going to be able to live with it. How many people are going to die from it? How many people are going to be able to live with it? How many people are going to be able to still work with it? I mean, that's, that's going to play a role. Um, but I really think we're going through this great reset slash great awakening. However you want to look at it and the old system in a lot of ways is dying. Um, I think, the companies that recognize the paradigm. So when I talked about the whole uh, shit at the fan scenario and what happened in Bosnia, um, he talked about the people, there were people who died because, and this I think would apply to companies too, because they didn't recognize that the paradigm had changed, that the old system, the old way, the old life is long gone. It's time to look at, you know, the, the situation that we're in now. And I think the companies that can do that and can be flexible and adaptable and recognize that um, as we go into this and it gets worse and worse and worse, the gray area becomes a lot more gray, a lot bigger, right? So the, the companies that are willing to adapt and willing to be flexible and willing to look for opportunities because that's the thing that I see coming and that's part of like what this, um, this 14-year-old kid here in India was talking about in his video with this golden age that he sees the astrological charts showing him uh, that we're entering into. I think that's the sort of reconstruction, rebuilding efforts to take the pieces and parts and survivors right and they start to work together and rebuild society uh once we've gotten through this and the normies have woken up to the idea that we're in in a war with the ccp that these people who took the vaccines are casualties of that war that this thing was a bioweapon um and the new normal is not coming back this is the new normal And, uh, we get to create from here without all the restrictions and baggage that I think government imposed on us because without the fiat money, their whole system, their whole paradigm just eats a dick, right? Because they're not going to be able to print money for endless wars. They're not going to be able to print money to control all these puppet dictatorships that they have around the world. Think about the instability and, and shit that's coming their way once those puppet regimes uh, lose support of the U S military. So we're, I I think we're going to go through a really wild uh, period in history. And I think it's going to be years that we rebuild. And I hope that uh, you guys that have, you know, invested in crypto and have the resources, have that mindset going in and create these stateless alternatives uh, they keep the power in the hands of the people, in the hands of the users, instead of this corporate structure, which is really another government creation. They give a file folder rights and shield the owners from their actions. Sounds like a great plan, right? Let's, let's let these people go out and do horrible things and then not be held accountable for it, and just restrict it to what's in the file folder, being you know possible for recovery of damages. It's the whole system is. Um, is cancerous, it's been co-opted, it shows me that uh, it is co-optable, that it is being used against us, and uh, that it's not a viable solution going forward, and I hope that we evolve from where we are here rather than revolve and circle back around and start over and leave our children's children's children to deal with this again. Any other thoughts, Bob?
2: Uh, no, that's it. Thank you for your thoughts, man. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks for calling in, bud. Talk to you later. Okay. Okay. We've got a little pause wanting to jump in and update us on what's happening down under.
6: Hey, Sam. How you doing?
0: Great. What's new?
6: So, us little canaries down here in the coal mine, (laughs) um, I, I guess I just wanted to let anybody know who might have an exemption to the vaccine that they're not worth anything because what we have now found out so new zealand's already rolled this out first thing they did was they went through and they discredited the doctors who had given out the exemption Mm. then they revoked all the exemptions from doctors and now you have to get a government exemption from the ministry of health and that exemption will never be for longer than six months, and they're saying the majority of exemptions that will be given will be for one month. So, if you are having a surgery and can't get your booster in time, then they will be oh, able to give you a month. Oh, how leeway. kind of them! Right. <sighs> so, so now we know that New Zealand is leapfrogging Australia in regards to well tyranny. and mm-hmm. um, so for us now it's to try and see that timeline. So we now know that they're raiding the doctors in Australia,
0: mm-hmm.
6: right? So they're coming in, they're cleaning them out. They're taking all those uh, confidential files.
0: Yeah. Now I saw can- a video on that. I think it's in one of my threads where they did. They they came in, told the doctor to hand over his records. He's like, that, that's confidential doctor patient information. I am not going to give it to you. They stole it anyway, and uh, I think he's yeah. facing criminal charges or arrest or something like that as well as a part of this. I,
6: Which is ahead, part of the ahead. narrative they've got. You know, they've got to say that you know these uh, Mickey Mouse doctors with their giving exemptions to any hippie who doesn't is an anti vaxxer mm-hmm. needs to be stopped.
0: And if the thing is, that, like they they, they have to know, little pause. They have to know the damage that's being, being done, the hospitals are filling up with the vaccinated. They know this. What in the fuck yeah. is going on?
6: Yeah, right. So I just want to let anybody out there who's got a, an exemption to a vaccine, who's sitting back, waiting to see how this plays out, don't sit back.
0: Don't rest on your <laughs> yeah, laurels, yeah.
6: Nah, no way. Not a chance. So that is just what I wanted to share with you guys today. Okay. Apart from that, we're, just, we're watching New Zealand. Um, if you're interested in the way this is um, being delivered by the New Zealand government, there's a thread you put out that had the protests in Wellington with uh-huh. uh, Kiwis doing the haka.
0: Yes, um, yeah. we're going to cover that someone tomorrow. Commented,
6: yeah, so that's not a dance. Um, but in that thread, in the comments, I put down the actual uh, government information regarding it. So if anyone's curious, find the haka or we're, we'll tomorrow and tomorrow. Um, you'll find that in there. Yeah, It's in
0: that fight thread where I have a bunch of people doing various things to stand up to the government. I think that's a great way to look through and maybe get some ideas of things you might be able to do. So, all right, little pause. I appreciate the update.
6: Good one, Sam. See you, buddy.
0: All right. Have a great evening. Okay. Let's read a few comments here. Uh, Don't like the, uh, the nurse thing. (laughs) I meant to say, and watch the waves reverberate out, but eh, whatever. Why would Newsom have the actual stop shot instead of sailing? Well, maybe he's not in on it, right? Maybe they don't need to bring everybody in on it. Um, maybe, you know, we know that it's only like 5% of the lots that are creating the majority of the vaccines. I, I don't know. There could be any number of reasons, but uh, it's a it's a fair question to ask. Have you seen the New Zealand protests yet? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about that uh, tomorrow or whenever I do the next show. So did you see Alex Jones on Dr. Peter McCullough interview from last week? McCullough said no one 30 or under should take the jab. Yeah, he's been saying that a while. I haven't seen that specific one. Um, but yeah, I think th- th- I've been watching these guys really kind of especially um, – oh, not Peter McCullough, but uh, Robert Malone, really be kind of standoffish. I'm here standing firmly in the data. This is about the data and the scientific study to really getting right up closer and closer to the edge of what's really happening and being more and more willing as time goes on. Uh, just like Dr. Mary Bowden that we had on you know, two months ago, she wouldn't have come on the show. Now that she sees they're coming after the children, all the things that they're doing, that how anti-science this agenda really is. She's asking what's going on, and she's announced. You know, one of the questions I asked her is, "Are you getting a lot of vaccinated uh, patients that you're, and have you had success in treating them?" And she's like, "No, not a lot." Well, she put out the word that she's wants to try and help the vaccinated patients as best she can, and now she has more vaccine injured than. Uh, covid patients that she's assisting this is real these people are sick they need help they don't need more propaganda shoved down their throat they don't need another booster shot shot into their arm they need real help they need scientists who are willing to ask the hard questions doctors who are willing to face their fears to face their cognitive dissonance and help these people Instead of sending them home, telling them that they're stressed or that they're crazy, because that's the current approach, and come back when you're almost dead. It's so sad. So, All right. Uh, thanks, big guy. Always spitting fire forever forward. I, I do what I can. Uh, did you see Ice Age Farmers' latest video about the U.S. government buying Iowa farmland for CO2 sequestration? So yeah, I, I didn't see the whole thing. I kind of half paid attention to it. Had something else going on, but yeah, they're digging this. Pie. I think he was kind of making a mountain out of mole out of a molehill. Um, are they actually taking the land from these guys? And how many acres is it? I mean, are we talking a few hundred acres in a state with millions? Uh, I, I, I felt like he was kind of giving a more of a biased. uh, I, I like him. I listen to his shows, you know, fairly often, not regularly, but from time to time to try and catch the important ones. And I feel like he was trying to make hay with, with that particular one. Sue Peters yesterday had Maddie and mom on yesterday. Karen Kingston Pfizer. I think the whistleblower. Yeah. She's, I believe the woman that worked for Pfizer. And I think she's the one that has like the rash going on, on her neck. I think she's vaccine injured, but I don't think she talks about that. Great show from yesterday. Okay. Um, you know, I found out from watching some of the other things. Maddie's the girl in the wheelchair with the feeding tube in her nose. Uh, from that hearing it came out that Pfizer has her listed as a stomach ache. That's the adverse reaction recorded for the girl who's in a wheelchair with a feeding tube is that she had a stomach ache. What else do you think they're lying about? And nothing's being done to correct that. The, the study that, Uh, The vaccines are perfectly safe for pregnant women that that the CDC director is going on. That's been retracted. And the authors are urging her to change the policy. Is she doing that? Is Rochelle Lewinsky doing that? No. No, she's not. They know. They know what they're doing. They're going for broke because they don't want to end up in front of the firing squad, on the gallows, or at the hands of mob justice. That's what's coming for them, and they know it. Speculation, but maybe there will always be a way to keep the vaxxed alive with autoimmune boosters, something like the HIV treatment. They had Magic Mike Johnson on for years. It's the big pharma bread and butter. Not that people will trust them much longer, but maybe the, wh- the White Hats have something, hope. Uh, <clears throat> it's a nice thought, but i I doubt it. I doubt it, so... Uh so okay the concert station had 5G, presumably owned by BlackRock. I'd want to see, I mean, if it's 5G, it's it's one of the carriers putting the equipment out there for that concert. I mean, look, there's this whole focus on 5G. Do you know how much RF radiation you're bathed in on a daily basis, especially if you live in a city? And to say, oh, see, 5G is clearly the culprit here. No, I'm sorry. That is, uh, it's just not supported. You don't have enough facts to make that kind of assertion. That's based on hype and conspiracy theory with a bunch of bullshit mixed in. And it's why I kind of reject it because so much of that stuff is absolute garbage every time I've gone in to look at the clear evidence. Now, is there evidence? Yeah. Yeah. There's some 5G repeaters where half the tree's dead right next to it. And, uh, you know, other things that show, yeah, maybe that frequency is not good for some living organisms, for, you know, who knows what. But was it a 5G attack? Was there something in the music? I don't know. But look, 5G's been out. It's here. It's affecting people now in every major city. Where are the people dropping dead in these spots where there's 5G? You can't point to that because I don't think it's happening. It's not the, the root cause here. And I'm, I just I get frustrated with that because people put these 5G blinders on and everything's 5G all of a sudden. And I just, I'm not going to go along with that until you show me some real evidence. And every time people try, it ends up being like just highly speculative crap. Or it, it flies in the face. Being a telecom engineer, I know a thing or two about some of this stuff and frequencies and electrical engineer, not an RF engineer, but an electrical engineer. I know a thing or two about waves and frequencies and, and all of that stuff. And I just, it sends my bullshit detectors off the chart practically every time. So China doesn't give an F about climate change. They bought the oil from Canada that Biden shut down. Yeah, okay, I see. So that was, he's doing old uh, Sleepy Joe's doing the bidding of China to sell our oil to them. And and Cliff thinks they're coming in for they're coming to America for the farmland to take that over so that they can export the food to China to feed their people, while we starve. They are building coal fire plants like crazy and buying up coal. Yeah, China's has a huge electricity problem. Uh, the, uh, the the mining is you know causing some strain, no doubt. I think that whole paradigm is gonna not, I mean, Bitcoin's not going away, but that paradigm's coming to an end, right? In the way that it exists today. So, and it could bring crypto down with it. So imagine the disaster. My wife took the jab with her mother because she wanted to be uh, by her side in case her mother would get COVID and needed to go to the hospital. That's so frustrating because it's so ridiculous and unnecessary what these hospitals are doing, and the fact that, like, it's sound reasoning because they won't let you go in if you're not. So now the mother has no symptoms from the jab, but my wife has daily headaches since the jab. One episode of arms shaking uncontrollably, that spike protein getting into the nervous system, interrupting those signals, causing damage. Neurological disorders are pretty high on the uh, on the list there, and high blood pressure twenty twenty over one hundred and fifteen for the last two days. I'm so pissed off. You wouldn't believe yet. Yeah, no, I I feel for you. I understand. Um, I, she's probably you know the the D dimer tests that the doctors were doing months ago were showing us that 68%, sixty eight percent sixty. Five, 64 to 68% of the vaccinated are testing positive within the first week for blood clotting. They're showing the signs in their body of blood clotting through the D-dimer test. And uh, what's happening, these spike proteins are floating around in her system and attaching to these ACE2 receptors, and then the the veins are not smooth anymore. The body thinks that there, there's a tear and that the patient... The, that you're bleeding out so it sends platelets to clot the area which cuts off the blood supply to whatever was being fed there uh decimates all of your platelet counts and so forth because they've been all deployed it's inner in a lot of people if get a blood panel done look they're gonna the doctors are gonna do test after test after test and find nothing because that's what's happens to all of these to the ninety plus percent of the vaccine injured, is they go in and they they get all these tests and they all come back negative. The doctors don't know what's wrong with them and then they send them home. If if she's got any chance at all, you've got to take uh, her healthcare plan into your own hands and seek out these doctors like Dr. Mary Bowden, uh, not sleepmd.org I think is her website. Um, find these doctors who are willing to try and help these people. Uh, You know, we talk about NAC and niacin flushes and how to make your own hydroxychloroquine. Um, If you have an imaginary dog, you can get ivermectin for your imaginary dog or you can get it from a doctor. You know, both of those are are options that you have available to you. Maybe, you know, one of those should be. Um, Don't give up. We don't know you know, what the long-term effects are going to be. She might be able to recover. There are, you know, vaccine-injured groups on Telegram. That seems to be the place where people are going. There are nursing groups that I'm part of. There are are people out there trying to help and figure this out. It's not going to come from these doctors that did this to her in the first place. Uh, So recognize that. But yeah, I think that's what she's probably experiencing with some of this, with this high blood pressure and you know probably don't do a lot of cardio uh if she works out all the time might want to stop because i think that these players who who's dropping dead the most it's these soccer players why because they go they run around the field 90 minutes non-stop you know they get changed out and so forth but it's incredibly extensive cardio during the games and we're seeing over and over and over again, the the athletes, the people who are really healthy and do a lot of cardio are having these heart attacks and dropping dead. And I think it's stirring up these spike proteins, further distributing them throughout the body, causing more of these blood clotting issues. So like I tell my brother, take it easy, Brooks. He had shortness of breath, uh, chest pains. After getting the Johnson & Johnson shot, He's not going for any more. he's learned that lesson but uh i I tell him take it easy and of course he's on you know these vitamins and so forth as well so and we just got uh i think it's a half a liter of ivermectin for our cows and and pigs wink wink uh, <laughs> and that came from a veterinarian supply sales sales guy that's a friend of the family but You know, you could call your local ag place and find one of these guys out in the country and maybe go buy it from them as long as you're using it for the proper purpose for your pigs and your cows. (laughs) Okay, so I'm sorry, Leon's father. It sucks. It really sucks what's being done to people and the fact that it's still going on, that it's still... Still being pushed in the face of this evidence. These people know what they're doing. They're doing it intentionally, and I think it's a real disgrace. So interesting thread on the on the concert. Okay, I'll look into that. I've probably seen it, but uh Fifth Circuit put a stay on the Biden mandates. Then Biden was supposed to respond by five PM this Monday. He never did respond. Wow. Then told the businesses to keep enforcing the mandates. See? This is what I, when I read that tweet about the, the Texas attorney General saying, we're, we're standing by to sue. We're going to put a stop to this. The minute it hits the Federal Register. Well, guess what? You already failed. He's not going to use the Federal Register. And what is he doing? Well, he's, he's just going to use the government-controlled corporate sector. And this is something, Cliff has names for all these, which is why I love it. He calls them the Minions. So you have the protected political class, then you have the minions doing their bidding, like the military, the military-industrial complex, and it's more complicated than just this top-down pyramid structure. There's, you know, all these interdependencies and so forth. But like these corporations operate at the behest of the state, right? So the state has so many levers they can pull against these corporations that they're really just puppets to push the government narrative and push the government policies. And this is why I also talk about how dangerous it is and how we have to get away from the idea that we need this one monolithic monopoly, be it government agency or the American medical association. There's no fucking difference. Okay. These people are going back and forth between government and regulatory agency between, uh, cdc and you know they're bouncing around they're all in bed together all the people that are approving this vaccine on the on the cdc advisory panel they've all got connections to pfizer so like the whole system's been co-opted and it's that's only been allowed to happen because it's a monopoly because anyone practicing medicine has to do it through the ama when really we should have probably three or more, you know, for something as important as healthcare, I should be able to choose a doctor that's certified by, uh, you know, a naturopath, if that's what he's doing, and wants to use natural herbs and remedies. I want to find a doctor that can prescribe me whatever he thinks uh, and this organization that he's a part of agrees with is a good approach. And then find one that's maybe, does pharmaceuticals and I go to that doctor when I need some pharmaceutical medicine. But we as individuals should have the choice of what kind of healthcare options we pursue, uh, of what goes into our body, of what doesn't go into our body and the state, the government, is trying, trying to take that right away from us and make us uh, medical slaves, right? Subject us to medical tyranny. You will take the jab. It doesn't matter what's in it. You will take it or we will unplug you from society. That's their view of the future. So, okay. Uh, Let's see here. Placebos are all jab trials. No, there's real stuff in there for sure. I've heard that zeolite is good to detox the crap from the jab. It's funny you should mention that zeolite is uh, something you can get in bulk. It's for it's like a at the feed store. Uh, they use it to like freshen up horse stalls, um, and yeah, it's it's good at pulling minerals out of the body. I'm sure you can get a pharmaceutical grade as well, but that's one of those things I bought a you know forty pound bag of or whatever and just stored away, just in case something like this comes along so yeah that's definitely one to look into it supposedly i don't know how well it's going to work against the vaccine but we need to be trying all these things people are dying from this and they're getting no help from the doctors we have to be our own solution is i it's kind of been my message for a long time now nobody's coming to save you you have to save yourself i've been saying that over a year okay uh four street soak solves any worry about four salt soak solves any worry about 5g radiation Mm, i don't know maybe maybe i mean it's a constant thing you're being bathed in it what can you really do get out of the city don't live in the city and even then you're still not escaping it uh okay just put this back on nope i saw it okay good deal you have any idea of what happens now since Biden did not respond? Well, the court's going to, I guess, hear the case. I mean, they don't have to respond, but I think the case is going to move forward still. So eventually that's going to resolve. I think they know the clock's run out, that the normies are waking up at increasing, uh, at an exponential rate that's increasing and it's going to run away from them and they're going to lose power. In the meantime, I think they want to get as many people on the vaccine treadmill as they can because they're easily controlled and probably soft-killed, you know? So I think that's their strategy, not so much to win, but how do we psychologically trick people into taking the shot is my view on it. See this video where Ricardo Bosi is talking about Australian military troops training? Okay, yeah, so I have. Again, I want to see proof. That's that's hearsay is from one source. I'm not going to read something that, like, is this guy telling us, yeah, this is definitely happening. I want to hear from more people. I want to hear more people confirming that. And I never saw that. It was just him. So that's not something I'm going to going to read on the show so or play on the show i've heard that uh peptides can uh, digest excess protein aggregates could it digest excess spike proteins or blood clots i have no idea i don't know offered a job that told me i have to make a decision in one week about getting vax to be employed great job in new york city i don't want to i don't know what to do This mandate crap sucks. It's like all they want is to just keep choking everyone until people give in to an experiment, such BS. Well, what value do you place on your life? I don't know how old you are, what your situation is. Are you supporting a family if you get vaccine injured? Who's gonna support your family when you no longer have that great job? It's, It's your life, it's your choice. You get to make your own decision about this but the evidence is pretty fucking clear and pretty dire. Like we covered in the last show, how it's inhibiting DNA repair. It's downregulating your toll like receptors on your CD4 and CD8 cells to disable the body's ability to manufacture the appropriate number of antibodies, as well as for the antibodies to actually attack cancers and, um, Oh, I'm getting tired, but uh, cancers and other problems, so forth. So your immune system will actually, and not everybody's, because my ex-wife had this, these blood panels done. Her counts came back normal. I don't know what to tell you. I think there are deadly vaccines and, and there are much less deadly and like saline all the way up to saline in some of them, um, but I I mean, go look through the Vaccine Injured group. Go look on uh oh, what is it? Catherine Austin Fitz's website, masari.com, I think, or something along those lines. Um, she's got some like resources, some documents that will give you some things to read through to think about. Okay, what do I need to worry about if I get vaccine injured? And I think that's a valuable exercise. So don't go into this blind. You know, there's a lot of people who thought it would be no big deal, that nothing would happen to them. And, uh, they're, they're dead or they're sitting in the hospital right now and their life is ruined. One of them is the Kyle guy who was the professional mountain biker. Can't do it anymore. He's done. His career's over. And with the condition that he has now, odds are he'll be dead in five years. So, is the job worth it? Uh, to me, that's a pretty obvious answer. Um, I wouldn't go to live in New York for any amount of money. Since Biden did not respond, what's the next step in course? I think the case is just going to proceed and uh, the, they'll hear it and then the judge will render a decision. So, oh, no worries about posting. Uh, multiple times I saw it. Thank you for the great shows. The show confirms my thoughts. Yeah. I also have heard that it's also shutting down a very important bodily uh, detox enzyme NRF 2 Yeah. So we covered this study that Dr. Ryan Cole was talking about. And there's also a, it was a bunch of technical jargon that I, I haven't even researched into to know exactly what it is yet, but <clears throat> there are several components. And when we read the actual study, what it sounded like is the spike protein is going all the way into the cell, into the nucleus in some cases, and disabling the body's ability to repair DNA. And that that has these follow on effects that are causing the down regulation of the uh, toll-like receptors, the CD4, CD8 cells, your body's immune system. And, uh, there, are these I think what you're referencing are some of the components of that, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, what supplements to take to detox from Pfizer? There's a lot of different protocols. I like uh, Dr. McCullough's. We just did a show on that with um, uh, with Dr. Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name. But go back and watch some of the previous shows. Those answers are there. I don't want to go through and repeat them all. Uh, Missed most of the Q&A due to kid duty. When BTC blows up, and I agree it does, what do you recommend skiing with other crypto? What would you recommend? Maybe buying or, I don't know why you were saying skiing with other crypto. HODL, USDC, how long will the dip last? (coughs) Those are good questions. I, I, You know, like I think, Get, mm, knowing whether or not you're on a tether exchange is important. Um, I know it's not doing well lately, but RSR I think is a good, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of places to, to if you can get cash and you can get it out, um, USDC will probably weather the storm, but will they? I don't know. I don't know how bad it is because they're doing some of the same kind of things Tether is doing, where they're taking and issuing USDC in exchange for IOUs, basically a, a promissory note, promise to repay the loan, the free USDC that they're being given as part of this agreement. So they don't have the backing. Now, I think they're far, far better, and they you know have audits and so forth. But there is no perfect solution. Um I think ideally you know and it's up to you what you do with your money. Uh I'm not here to tell you that. But it almost seems like a safe bet would be to try and take some out before this happens and buy things back cheap. But when does the when does the music stop and we find out how many chairs there actually are versus how many people? I don't know when that comes. And how long does it last? What does it do? Does it drag down everything? You know, Ripple's putting together this, what I called the liquidity engine before it was announced when they hinted at it with their um, quarterly report about a year ago. Now they're calling it Liquidity Hub. Engine was way better, guys. Trust me. <laughs> uh, but that's a good name, too. Could that something like that play a role? What did that do? Ties into the power of the XRP Ledger, links in the exchanges. Uh, finds a path for their customers to facilitate and complete payments. So in the time when fiat's are blowing up around the world, uh, inflation is hitting, they need sound money. They need uh, a way to move funds to keep whatever economic activity that is still surviving going. Um, I could see a, a, situation arise where xrp does exceptionally well in that environment and i think that's what these insiders are kind of hinting at and if you notice they've also always told us that uh you don't keep your crypto on the exchanges get get your stuff off the exchanges this what we covered in this show i think uh you know this stuff right here and what's going on with uh with tether and so forth and this kind of crap, I think that's what they know. They know that Bitcoin is rigged. They know that the regulatory table has been tilted in their favor to, to game the system. They know that tether's being printed so that they can pump up Bitcoin, sell into the rise once it gets its own momentum and make lots of money and then buy back on the dips. And, uh, I think that is, you know, just coming to a close. So, and how it all collapses is anyone's guess, but I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. I think, you know, they'll come out the other side. It's not the end of Bitcoin, but I mean, we could see some serious discounts. And at the same time, I think the potential exists for the rubber to meet the road when it comes to utility. Do you have real-world utility, real-world use case, or are you selling speculation? And uh, that's going to cut the weave from the chaff real fast, in my opinion. So that's why you know I've made my bets based on utility, <clears throat> what I think needs to come about in terms of privacy coins, uh, DeFi, and so forth, and I. I probably need to go back and change some of them and kind of rebalance things, but I haven't done that for months and months. So there you go. Go solar on Bitcoin. Yeah, that ain't happening because it just uses too much power. And that's another thing to consider, right? Is the world with, say, a billion people dead from vaccine injuries or disabled and out of the workforce, is it able to produce the energy required by bitcoin to keep that network going in the same sense that it exists today and would it be advantageous if you had a blockchain ledger based system that could be run on a couple of you know four or five solar panels like WheatSy's xrp validator and, and node is running right now seems to me like that's a resounding yes that uh, the Bitcoin proof of work paradigm is one that dies meaningfully but doesn't go away, right? So hope that answers it. I haven't talked to Richie Rich. I might have uh, heard from one of the old Riddlers. I'm not going to say which, and I'm seeing if they want to take questions from you from you unruly unwashed masses. So I haven't heard back yet. So we'll see. I, I actually haven't checked. I've been, I've been out getting into trouble the last few days. <laughs> Having fun with a friend. So, okay, that's it. Uh let's see if anybody else, last call, if you want to jump in on voice chat. I don't see anybody. We'll wrap it up there. I Yeah, you know, I just... Oh, we're in for a ride, okay? Um, I think the next few years are going to be hard, hard, hard. We're going to, I think we're going to continue to grind down, but at some point we start to, you know, people will understand the new paradigm enough to where they recognize the thing I need to be doing is not sitting here complaining about what is, but creating what needs to be. So, and I hope you guys do that and uh, think about that going forward. I think, you know, eventually crypto is going to recover. Uh, we might see a huge run up for XRP or, you know, something along those lines and the chance to cash out and whatever else. That's probably still in the cards. But um, who knows? Who knows? I'll just leave it at that. All right, guys. That's it. I'm out. We'll catch you all next broadcast. I'll be back and we'll get into kind of more of what's going on with the, the vaccine injuries and so forth. So thanks everybody.
7: I got zero doubt my man brain. You keep calling me insane. Uh, Every single day, more XRP is what I obtain. No dude. more cash, no more cars only QR codes. Nah. No more proof of work. We running validator nodes. Ooh. This is the life that I chose. And yeah. look at the cons, I look at the pros. I'm always bullish on the shows. Bullish. Now you want to ask about XRP? I am not telling now you want some of my xrp i am not selling it's not for sale honestly i just wish you well, because i'm xrp for whale i'm xrp for life and that's forever can't you tell i just keep on buying why they telling me to sell the whole world gonna be shocked when xrp break out of shell and that's when we prevail i'm xrp for whale i'm xrp for life and that's forever can't you tell I just keep on buying, why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell And that's when we prevail XRP taking the lead, Come equipped with institutional speed? XRP giving the go to proceed, don't listen to FUD, I know they mislead Try to tell them, but I know they don't care ODL, don't nothing compare Back in the day, I was willing to share Now I don't have any left to spare some liquidity on demand Try to tell them, but they don't understand Holding my ledger right hand, my hand See the signs, it was already planned Digital economy, it's already here I'm talking about the moon, they think I I majored in astrology, haters talking trash. I think they majored in garbology. Focus on my future, so I invest in technology. Number one is where we rankin'. Come on. And if you don't have XRP, then I do not know what you're thinking. This the time, this the year, this the place to be. Hard or strong all day long, doing it faithfully. Keep their negative energy far away from me. It's not our fault that we seeing something that you can't see. I got my hands on some all demand liquidity oh, yeah. And I'ma hold on to it now into infinity This the greatest world transfer the world will ever see But I'm not talking, I'm about to go buy me more XRP Cause I'm XRP for will, I'm XRP for life and that's forever Can't you tell, I just keep on buying why they telling me to sell The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out its shell And that's when we prevail, I'm XRP for will I'm XRP for life and that's forever Can't you tell, I just keep on buying why they telling me to Telling me to sail. The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shale. And that's when we prevail. Ow. I'm XRP for will Ew. For well, Ew. I'm XRP for will I'm XRP for life, and that's forever. Can't you tell? Can't you tell?